0: Hosanna, a fellowship with Christians.
1: Well, good morning. I got the cue. It's time to start, but it doesn't seem like we're ready to start. Good morning. If you're joining us online, we're going to take a little moment here. We got talking going on right here. All right. Well, I thought we'd start this morning with a call to worship. If you'll join me, I will start it, and your part will be up on the screen in yellow, I believe. Come, Holy Spirit, ignite our hearts with joy and confidence. For God God, has done wonderful things for us. Come, Holy Spirit, fill us with the power of the rushing wind that we may faithfully serve you in all that we do.
2: For Christ Christ has called each of us and blessed us.
1: Come, Holy Spirit, be with us today.
2: Help us to boldly proclaim that Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen. I'm calling on the God of Jacob Whose love endures through generations I know that you will keep your covenant, I'm calling on the God of Moses. Thank you. say <laughs>
1: fish out of water? Funny transition, huh? (laughs) Well, it flips and it flops and it struggles, right, until it's put back into that life-sustaining water. And living life without the Holy Spirit is like a fish flipping and flopping out of the water. When we accept Jesus as our Savior, we are assured salvation and eternal life in heaven. And in addition to etern- eternal life and the next life, we receive the Holy Spirit to guide us and help us and comfort us in this life. It is this indwelling Holy Spirit that helps us to feel like we are not a fish out of the water. We taught you this song last week. If you weren't here, we're teaching it to you today. This next song, we're going to give Gordon some time to shine here for the Lord.
3: Have the freedom that we do today. So Father, we're thankful for them and we remember them. And we continue to pray for families who have lost someone in their family as a result of uh, some type of conflict or war or whatever it may be. Father, we thank you for not only the the physical freedom we have in this country but we thank you for the freedom that you've given us in Jesus Christ thank you father that you are the one who has broken the bonds of sin and all of the bonds of emotional and different types of things that we we run up against in our in our own lives so we're grateful for that so today, Father, we give you praise and we rejoice in you and we thank you for those who are part of our family here today. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Ushers, take up the offering. Um, today is the last day to bless the Resurrection Church in Bulgaria, help them with their Christmas gifts for their community. Uh, for those of you who are not aware, we have a little uh, plastic bucket back in the back. We call it Change for Change. If you have any change in your pocket that you'd like to uh, put in that bucket, then that will go to Bulgaria to help our friends in Bulgaria to provide Christmas baskets later on in the year. The adult class parables of Jesus will continue this morning in the Blue Room with Tony. Uh, Hosanna will be hosting a blood drive this Tuesday, May the 30th from 2 to 7 p.m. So if you are a blood donor, feel free to come and give some blood between uh, two and seven. On Sunday, June the 18th, we will be celebrating child dedication. If you've never had your child dedicated and would like to participate, please go to the website or call the church office for more information because we would love to have uh, your child be a part of that. And a reminder, we have what other churches call Vacation Bible School that we call Vacation Bible Adventure. It's still hard for me to get that that way, maybe 15 years from now, when I am, what, 98? I'll remember that, all right? (laughs) (laughs) Might take that long, I don't know. But if you have not already signed up to volunteer, you can do that. There are lots of opportunities, from being a group leader, to helping with registration or traffic control. Uh, In addition, we also need donations of food that will be used to feed our group of volunteers each evening. So every evening, those who are volunteering, come here, they get a meal, and they get ready to, uh, to to work for that evening. Sign-up sheets are on the bulletin board in the foyer, or if you have any questions, please talk with Kelly Kirk Wenzel. How many of you had a birthday this, this year? Do you have a birthday this year? All of you? Come on, come on, all of you had birthdays this year, you wouldn't be here, all right, all right, all right. And you know, there are times... Sometimes, you know, certain we hit certain milestones, and our families really celebrate those milestones for us, don't they, you know? Uh, You know, when you're one year old. Uh, When you're first born, that's not a birthday, but it is kind of a way, you know. Or maybe when you hit 80 years old. Maybe when you hit 80 years old. Donna Bowman, please stand up. No, just stand up. Now, Donna Bowman's family, please stand up. All of you, show them how who all... Look, all of these people came to celebrate her 80th birthday. Happy birthday last Friday to you. Happy birthday last Friday to you. And we all love you and hope you have many more. Happy birthday last Friday to you. From Rick to Donna. And now, we don't have two birthday people. But we've got two non-birthday people coming up to give us a message. Come on up.
4: I'd love to be a non-birthday person and stop having them.
0: (laughs) I remember when I turned 80.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, good morning. Welcome, friends of God. We're going to begin this morning, this portion of our service, with a litany of praise to our good God. Um, I'll I'll be the one voice, and you'll be the many, and then we'll all be the all. All right? Praise the Lord, from whom all blessings flow.
1: The
0: day of Pentecost has come, and we have to gather together in this place.
4: We are nothing without you, O Lord.
0: Send forth your presence and grant us your mercies and love.
4: Creator God, give us your spirit that we too may prophesy.
0: Praise the Lord who sends forth his spirit.
4: Praise the Lord who renews the face of the earth.
0: Jesus Christ, give us your spirit that we too may see visions.
4: May the glory of the Lord endure forever. May the Lord rejoice in his works.
0: Everlasting Father, give your spirit that we too may dream dreams.
4: Praise the Lord, all. Praise Praise the the Father, Father, Son, and and Holy
0: Spirit, Spirit, the Creator, Redeemer, and Giver of life.
4: Praise the Lord. Spirit, let us sing together just a very familiar song, Um, Spirit of the Living God. And we're going to say us together instead of just me. Spirit of the living God,
2: fall afresh on us. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us.
0: One day, that prayer was answered for the very first time.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: This is the story. When the Pentecost Day arrived, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound from heaven, like the howling of a fierce wind, filled the entire house where they were sitting. Mm-hmm. They saw what seemed to be individual flames of fire alighting on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. They began to speak in other languages as the Spirit enabled them to speak. In other words, let us be careful what we pray for. (laughs) When we pray for the Spirit to fall afresh on us, perhaps we ought not to be surprised when the Spirit actually shows up Yes, and does extraordinary things. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what happened to Jesus' disciples on the first day of Pentecost. And that spirit that fell on them that day has never left. That spirit continues to fall upon God's people in astonishing ways. Some of them spectacular, perhaps like that first time, and some of them more quiet and no less potent.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And guess what? In the Christian calendar, today is Pentecost Sunday.
2: Yay. So that
0: invites us to explore together all over again what the ongoing presence of the Holy Spirit might look like for us in our own time and our own place and our own little Jerusalem here this morning.
4: Right. But before we look at what the Spirit can do for us, let's remember who the Spirit is. Um, Some have called the Holy Spirit the forgotten God. And especially in Christian traditions, which say a lot about the Father and the Son, but then hardly mention the third member of the Trinity. And there's also an idea out there that the Holy Spirit's like the Force in Star Wars. You know, Mm -hmm. that, that the Holy Spirit's just an impersonal energy that we can learn to cooperate with or even control to accomplish certain purposes, But this morning, we want to begin by noticing that the Holy Spirit is so much more than that. That the Holy Spirit, as we saw in the video, and we remember, the Holy Spirit was there at the very beginning. That this Spirit is the Ruach, you know, the very breath of the Almighty God, it says in Job. Who together with the other two members of the Trinity breathe life into the... God's physical creation, including humanity. See, this is the same spirit who remained then with God's people through the centuries of the old covenant, coming upon certain judges and warriors and prophets, artisans who created the fixtures for the, the temple, certain rulers. The spirit came upon them in ways that gave them extraordinary wisdom and power, the Spirit was with them, but here's the thing: the spirit was not yet within them. It was coming upon them. See, this is the same spirit that's called the Spirit of the Lord. Sorry, the pollen is crazy, isn't it? It's just really good. So uh, that's what's happening. Excuse my voice. <clears throat> so this same spirit who came upon, this is the spirit called the Spirit of the Lord. Um, even in the Old Testament. Because, like the other persons of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit is Lord. The early church uh, acknowledged this in the, the Nicene Creed, you know, which describes it this way. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshiped and glorified. So the early tradition of the church recognized the equal divinity of the three members of the trinity this isn't a hierarchy and it matters it so matters today because if we're we become like the god we worship so if we're worshiping a god where one is over the other over the other that's the way we set up our our faith communities But the early, early tradition of the church recognized, no, these are three equal divine members who are distinct in themselves, yes, but they're not separated from one another because they're bound together as one God in love. And that love, it's far more than what we know of love as an emotion. It's far more than simply an acting in love. The Christian tradition recognized very early on that that throughout eternity, the Father is beholding the goodness and beauty of the Son. The Son, then, is returning that gaze, is beholding the goodness and the beauty of the Father. Together, they're loving with perfect love, and one writer said, and they sigh in that love, and that sigh, that breath of perfect love is a person. It's the third member of the Trinity. It is a beautiful thing, and we have so missed it in this hierarchical understanding that you know was declared heresy in the fourth century. But we resurrect the heresy so we can do our human thing of over and power over. Oh no. This is love. This is the love that is God, right? So the three share together in this eternal, never ending dance of divine love, what they called in the fourth century in Greek, parachoresis. Like, peri means through in Greek, in choresis, like choreography. The dancing in, with, and through each other that we can't even begin to describe as humans. But they're sharing this eternal, never ending dance of divine love, which joins them together as the one God who is always eternally lover, beloved, and love itself. Beautiful stuff, isn't it? We need to hear this again and again. That's the best that I can do, <clears throat> trying to describe an indescribable mystery. I, I did much better in writing our Hosanna Statement of Faith. So um, as both a recap and reminder of where we've been so far this year in our theme of one and oneness, and also as a description of the Holy Spirit from Hosanna's perspective, I just want to read you know, that first part of our Statement of Faith. As individuals and as a Christian community, we believe that God is, God always was, God always will be. God is one. God is three. God is three in one. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, creator, redeemer, and sustainer of life. God is love. In love, God created all things, seen and unseen. God delights in creation calling it very good in love god created humanity male and female in god's likeness and image god delights in humanity calling us very good in love god created humanity for love of god each other and creation god desires to be known yet god is infinite mystery Transcending the limitations of human understanding and language. God is absolute truth and ultimate reality. Yet our knowledge is partial in our experience, incomplete. We humans can know of God only what God reveals to us. Jesus is God. He is the fullness of God's self-revealing love in human flesh. Jesus is Redeemer. His death is the fullness of God's self-giving love in atonement for sin. Jesus is Lord. His resurrection is the fullness of God's self-reconciling love, the promise of human resurrection and eternal life. And here's the part that's especially important this morning. The Holy Spirit is God, who in grace seeks and searches and draws all people to God, who in love surrounds and indwells and guides, who empower, frees, and sanctifies and transforms, who in hope comforts and reconciles and renews and will resurrect all those who offer themselves to God in love, by grace, through faith in Jesus Christ.
0: I would uh, suggest, by the way, if you find this intriguing, that uh, go on to our website and look at the rest of the Confession of Faith. It's different than anyone I've seen anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, doctrinal statements are written in order to, to provide a rigidity, to put a box and to keep people out. And uh, what Joanne created for us and was approved by this congregation 15 years ago is poetry. And it's meant to reach out and include all of those that God loves, which is mm-hmm. all of us. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's just a, it's just a beautiful statement. Anyway, perichoresis, by the way, would be a great name for a baby. So I <laughs> recommend that.
4: Perry. Hmm. Perry Blair.
0: Seriously, wouldn't it? <laughs> Five or six years ago, we mentioned an early church theologian <laughs> named Tertullian, and I said the same thing. It would be a great name for a baby. And one of you named your, your middle name of your kid Tertullian. There's a kid <laughs> here at Hosanna who has said it as their middle name, so go down and do likewise. <laughs> so. Anyway, (laughs) what Joanne has given us is a bit of who the Spirit is. It's it's the core of our understanding of the Spirit. But, But how is the Spirit revealed? How does the Spirit show up to us? How do we experience the Spirit? Well, let's start with what the earliest disciples experienced in the day of Pentecost. By the way, an experience that was never repeated. So we don't want to be rigid again and say it has to look like this all the time. But it gives us some clues. It gives us some some pictures, some illustrations of what happens, how we experience the Spirit. So, first we see there that the Spirit is both fierce and fiery. Mm -hmm. I like the fact that they alliterate. (laughs) When I was in high school, we used to have occasional pep rallies before a big football game. (laughs) Now, I was a geek back then, so I thought that was a perfect waste of time when we could be studying science. Uh, but the cheerleaders would gather us together at a gym and they would lead us in chanting, We've got spirit. Yes, we do. We've got
2: spirit. How about you?
0: And then we'd all respond to that. So, that uh, my senior year, our football team lost every single game they played.
4: But they had spirit.
0: But hey, we had spirit. <laughs> How about you? So, the Holy Spirit is a cheerleader of sorts, without the short skirts. Uh, The Spirit is described as an encourager, a comforter, a helper, somebody comes alongside of us. The Greek word for this is paraclete. But right from the get-go, we see in the Spirit a power and a fierceness. Yep. That goes far beyond just pumping us up when we feel down. This is not just a pep rally kind of spirit. That's part of it. But man is it more, more, a lot more than that. And that much more is how the early disciples experienced it. They were together. They've been hanging out together and suddenly they f- heard what sounded like a fierce wind blowing in. The old versions sometimes called a mighty rushing wind. Blowing in, blowing through. You know what Carol and I moved about two and a half years ago, and we're now under trees. And when the wind blows pretty heavy, it has a very different feel than it did in the house Mm that had no trees. Boy, do we hear it, particularly at night. (sighs) Wow, there's something going on up there, perhaps at the tops of the trees. Mm -hmm. Well, they felt it coming right through this room they were in. And of course, of course it would be a wind. In Hebrew, wind, breath, and spirit are all the same word. That word ruach that we've used here a number of times. And in Greek, they're kind of all the same word again. It says, Joanne has reminded us in Scripture, the Spirit has been described often as the breath of God. Breathing life into the first humans. Breathing out the words of Scripture. That's the word that's actually used in 2 Timothy. The expert, God breathing out. Sustaining the world through his breath. And when we were preparing this, maybe I should just had you say this. Joanne was like thinking of Palm Sunday. We talked about this two weeks ago, and there is Jesus sitting on his donkey outside of Jerusalem. All the people shouting and raising their palm branches, and he stops for a moment and cries, weeps over what would become of the people of this, this city that he loves, wishing, he said, that he could gather them together like under his wings, like a mother hen. And maybe in that moment, Jesus was symbolically reaching out like his breath Mm -hmm. and drawing in, reaching in, out, drawing in, breathing in, in. breathing out, much like we do with every breath we take, Mm -hmm. much like the Spirit does when it blows in from who knows Mm -hmm. where and then gathers us together, Mm -hmm. which is exactly what happened on that day.
2: When
0: the Spirit shows up, it's usually not a gentle breeze, it can be.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: The beginning of the movie, Chocolat, which is one that we have used and are with our students many times, and did it at Hosanna's the Movies movie here years ago. They're, at the beginning of the movie, there are bored-looking worshipers gathering in an old church, going through the motions <laughs> yet again.
4: The town where it's always Lent and yep, never it's Easter. It's
0: always Lent and it's never <laughs> Easter barely summoning the words to sing, the energy to sing the words of their hymn. They're not sounding at all like Gordon Cahill. (laughs) But the hymn they're singing is an invitation to the spirit to come. (laughs) Be careful what you pray for. Be careful what you sing. Spirit of the living God, fall. Oh boy. And the movie pans outward to see a fierce wind descend on that village, blasting through the windows of their church, To force open the large wooden door at the back. Wow. Careful what you pray for. The doors are flung open. The spirit might actually enter. Maybe the spirit has. Mm. See, that fierce wind had come in answer to their prayers, even if they were not conscious of what they were praying. And things were about to change. Yeah. Of course, in the movie, their immediate response was to get up and close the door. <laughs> Shut it tight. Let's not let that spirit in here. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: Messing up our rituals and our rhythms and our ruts. Yeah. The typical reaction, really. We've probably done it.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Fortunately, those early disciples of Jesus didn't close the door of the spirit. They were waiting for the Spirit, Mm -hmm. waiting with anticipation, trusting and hoping that the Spirit would be powerful. And indeed, the Spirit is. What is more powerful than the fierce, protective, encircling, indwelling, transforming
2: love of Jesus? Right.
0: Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is fierceness in love. Yes. Some people get addicted to the spirit because they want, they want power. They want to do sensational, spectacular things. No, you want to see the spirit's power. Here is where it is. Mm-hmm. It's the fierceness of God's love.
2: Yeah.
0: And that spirit showed up for them that day, not just as a fierce wind, but also, it got better, also as a flame of fire.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Did I say that with one syllable or two?
4: One. <laughs> he lost himself the other day when we were talking about it and used two syllables. And I was, Hallelujah. Oh,
0: I thought that, that was a good thing, huh?
4: No. Fire.
0: <laughs> fire.
2: Fire.
0: <laughs> I'm a country boy. I will talk the way I talk. Anyway. Think about this this fire thing for a moment here. <laughs> Anywhere else wind would put out fire. <laughs> yes. Not my last year. you're just gonna to listen to how I pronounce the word. <laughs> This time the wind brought the fire. Yes. One fire. But settling individually on the heads of those who gathered.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: And that's what that's the best way they could describe what they were yeah. seeing, and it must have freaked them out. Hey Bob! <laughs> you got fire on your head. Let me put it out.
2: You understand the
0: awesomeness of this? Yep. Yeah. What's going on here? It's not just the, the power of flames showing up above their heads, but it's one thing to watch or even feel the wind blow through. Or to get close to a bonfire and feel its heat. Maybe some of us will do this this holiday weekend. But you know, it's another thing when that wind invades your own lungs mm-hmm. and when that fire settles on your own head. Mm-hmm. This is personal now, this is involvement. They could no longer just stand anonymous in a crowd and watch. Yep. The Spirit empowered Jesus to say and do astonishing things. The Spirit that was in him is in them now. Yes. They were aflame with it. Yep. They were participants. And so are we. Yes. John the Baptist had promised them this, had promised us this. He said, I baptize with water those who have changed your hearts and lives. But the one one who is coming after me, that guy, will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And indeed he did, and indeed he does, because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is fire. Mm -hmm. Something is about to get lit up.
4: Yeah, so the Spirit is both fierce and fiery, and we see in the, this Pentecost passage and in that event, this, the Spirit is also both filling and fullness. Okay, so when the Spirit rushed into that upper room, the whole house shook and was filled. It was filled with this the powerful, unpredictable breath of God, as Tony was saying, and and. Flames of fire appeared above the heads of the 120 disciples that the Spirit had gathered there. But the flames, as Tony said, did not remain upon them. See, this time, for the first time, the Spirit descended within them, uniting them as one with God. And Paul would later say to the Corinthians, so clearly, but we miss it, The one one who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Here, our human spirit joined with that indwelling Holy Spirit of God. It is beautiful. They, like, remember the Trinity, what we were talking about? They, in that room, 120, they remain distinct persons. But in this moment, they weren't separated anymore. The Spirit united each one of them with God and with each other. And the words that Paul used in that beautiful sentence contain words that have the idea of cleaving to. Going right back to Genesis 1. This is the new beginning, fresh start. We're going right back to the beginning again. Only it's not just one man and one woman in the garden. It's God cleaving to us and us becoming one with God just as the man and woman were united as one in the beginning. This is the plan from the beginning. And if that filling isn't enough, something else happened that had never happened before. The individual filling of the Spirit, as I said, became the shared fullness That humanity was intended to have from the very beginning. Because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is overabundant fullness. The scripture tells us that the disciples gathered in that upper room were literally what it says is they were together, together. The word is repeated in, in the Greek text. They were together together, meaning they were as together as human beings can be in the kind of community that we make together on our own. But in this moment on Pentecost, the spirit brought fullness that humans cannot create on our own. They, the spirit brought the fullness of the three in one God he, he brought the, the, the same fullness that filled Jesus himself. And Paul, I'll tell you what, it's time for us to recover Paul in the 21st century church. It is, he's speaking about the incredible mystical reality of the union that we share through the Spirit with the Father and the Son, with the Trinity, all the time. He declares this incredible reality, for example, to the Colossians, Colossians 2. For in him, in Christ, what? The whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. Not only in his human form, yes, but in his resurrected body that's now seated in heavenly places. And we are now seated in heavenly places in him. And the spirit descends into our for in him, in Christ, the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily, and you have come to fullness in him who is the head of every ruler and authority. That, see, do you see that? What happened at Pentecost is closing the circle. God, Jesus, empties himself, second member of the Trinity, comes of, of his glory and divinity, comes here to become human, to show us what it looks like to become human in relationship with God. We kill him. God raises him, and then he ascends. And then, on Easter, he, no, yeah, he, he's raised on Easter. 40 days later, he ascends. 10 days after the ascension, right? He's seated up there. The Spirit comes to indwell us. Do you see that? There's no separation anymore. It is a beautiful, glorious thing that we miss all the time. But what we're wanting you to catch this morning, the whole fullness of God dwells bodily in Christ. And Paul says, you all, plural, it's not individual. You all are now in him. So you all together are now full of his fullness. In other words, as John puts it in 1 John, God is love, and those who abide, those who dwell in love, dwell in God, and God dwells in them. Love has been perfected. Love has been brought to its ultimate completion. In us is what it literally says. In us, in this, that as he is, so are we. Not just in heaven one day. As he is now, how? Resurrected, seated in heavenly places, uh, far above anything human. Even the human powers and governments and political systems way up there. As he is, so are we. Where? In this world. Because in us dwells the fullness of the Godhead, bodily as the church in the world. Does that make sense? We need to recover this, folks. We say this a lot around here because we need to hear it again and again until the wonder and the power of this spirit-given reality that we are now in our union with Christ, full of the fullness of the Godhead in these bodies. It just, we just need, it, we need to realize it here. Why? So that we can allow it to break us open here. To be broken open within and between us. Why? Because that's the power that transforms everything.
0: Christians, can we stop praying for God to do what God has already done? us? Yes. That's yeah. part of our passion here at Hosanna. We, part of what Joanne and I do when we prepare these messages look at Scripture is look at the, the, the actual text, verb yeah. tenses that are past tense or present tense. It's already true. How many times we say that to you? Probably every service in some way or another. It's already true. Live like it's true.
4: Stop begging. Wait, waiting around and trying
0: to you. manipulate God and begging God to do what God has already exactly. done. Exactly.
4: We Sorry. don't need to keep begging God for what we already have. Yes. It's like, I'm thirsty. I'm holding a glass of water. I'm thirsty, God. I'm thirsty, God. I'm thirsty. Give me some water. And God's
3: like, I it's in it your up. hand.
4: Drink the water I've given you, but, but please give me some water. And it, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. You can yeah. hear our passion in this.
1: Yes.
0: The spirit is fierce and fiery, and so, so are his people sometimes. Yes. <laughs> fiery. Fiery. Fire.
2: Fiery.
0: The Spirit is filling in fullness, and the Spirit is also free and freeing. Yes. By the way, our next point is going to be that the Spirit is fun and fabulous. No, no, <laughs> not really. That might be true too, but we'll, we'll finish our F's with these two. Neither of these is overly complicated. This is gospel. The Spirit is truly awesome news. Did you notice that the disciples on the day of Pentecost didn't do one daggone thing to make the Spirit come? They were just waiting, as Jesus had asked them to do. That's all. They weren't even sure what they were waiting for, but they were available, they were ready, and they were open. And then in the fullness of time, when things were ready, bam, (laughs) the Spirit was upon them. There was no theology exam, no evaluation of their moral worthiness. The people got into an argument on that, my Facebook page on that this past week. There was no line to stand in. There was no one ahead of the others.
4: There was no scripture yet, New Testament, to memorize.
0: Yes. Just the free gift of the Spirit given to all of them equally, immediately, Generously. Boy, is God good. Yes.
4: All the time. Ah,
0: All the time, (laughs) yes. And the Spirit is still given to all, equally, immediately, generously, sometimes to people we might think are not yet ready or not yet deserving. Sometimes the Spirit scares us, and we try to restrict what we will allow the Spirit to do. We write rules for the Spirit. But where the Spirit of the Lord is... There is freedom. Freedom from sin and death and the devil. Freedom to be restored to what we were created to be. Freedom to love us. God loves, finally. Freedom to live without our chains. Mm -hmm. The Spirit is at work in the world, liberating captives from bondage, just like Jesus had announced in Nazareth His own mission several years before. He said, Jubilee has come. I'm here to proclaim freedom for the captives. His spirit has been restoring what had been lost, what had been broken, what had become not tov, not good, since that story of the garden that began, this biblical narrative. And when the spirit shows up, you can tell my metaphors and illustrations are changing at this stage of life, the spirit is kind of like a grandparent. (laughs) When the spirit shows up, it's usually with gifts. (laughs) now some of the spiritual gifts are mentioned in various places in scripture and many Christians have spent extraordinary amounts of energy trying to define them to delineate them to limit them and often missing the main point the spirit is the gift yes we don't receive the spirit just to get goodies yes nice that there's a goodie bag attached, but we yes. receive the Spirit because the Spirit is the gift of God. By the way, and the Bible says for all flesh. Yes. Ooh, we've got to figure out what to do with that. Mm-hmm. And particularly for those who are disciples of Jesus, who receive the Spirit indwelling them, as Joanne was just talking. By the way, we're going to look in more detail at the gifts and the fruit of the Spirit uh, next week. And yeah. then uh, what the Spirit's community looks like uh, out of that message. That gift was not just for those in the upper room, but also for those outside of the room. The gift was free and freeing. When the disciples were all lit up (laughs) with their flames of fire, they probably resembled nothing so much as a giant moving burning bush. Yes. And what did that burning bush that showed up to Moses, what did it do? It invited him to come closer, see what's going on, to hear the voice of God. And that burning bush in the day of Pentecost invited that crowd, the throng that had assembled, to take off their sandals, metaphorically, and rejoice that they, too, could stand on holy ground.
4: Yeah. It is so cool, isn't it? And you know what I appreciate in 21st century Christian America? That they didn't have to do any publicity stunts to to gather a crowd. See?
0: They had a marketing campaign. (laughs)
4: <laughs> talk <to> my hand <laughs> right. as we've been saying it was the spirit that gathered the crowd, the spirit was doing that too why? because where the spirit of the Lord is there is gathering and going I couldn't think of F's <laughs> so moved to next letter in the alphabet, G, gathering and going The Spirit had not come for only that small group of people in one house. The Spirit had come so that all people could be gathered from every house into the greatest house of all, the kingdom of God. And you know what? The 120 didn't know much in that moment, but they got that. They didn't close the windows and lock the doors to keep the sinners out. They didn't become a holy huddle trying to keep all the goodness to themselves. No. They moved with the spirit within them out into the streets, each one speaking in tongues, in languages that were not their own. And they were doing it all at the same time. Let's read it. There were pious Jews from every nation under heaven, living in Jerusalem, when they heard this sound, a crowd gathered, because they were curious. You know, God uses curiosity a lot. They were mystified because, they heard every, because everyone heard them speaking in their native languages. They were surprised and amazed, saying, Look, aren't all the people who are speaking Galileans? Every one of them? How then can each of us hear them speaking in our native language? We hear them declaring the mighty works of God in our own languages. Oh my gosh, there's so much here. What was the Spirit doing? The Spirit was extending the miracle of oneness and togetherness that happened in that, for the 120 in that upper room, extending it out into the whole world because representatives from their whole world we were in Jerusalem to celebrate the Jewish feast of Pentecost. We didn't want to take the time, but if you want to look back at, at Acts 2, beginning in verse 5, they name all of the people who were representatives of all the different nations. They'd come from Italy, from Rome. They'd come. Someone said that if you take a map with Jerusalem at the center and you plot the places, from which all of these people came, it would make a grand ellipse around the city of Jerusalem. It came from all of the places in their known world. Wow. Because that's what happened at Pentecost. They came from all these places. The fiery spirit within the disciples then sent them out of that house with their tongues on fire now. See, this was a miracle, yes. It was a miracle, though, of both hearing and speaking. It was a miracle in its essence of understanding. It was a miracle of communication. It was the reversing of what had happened at the Tower of Babel. Where human language, listen, it was not destroyed. It was confused. So that confused humanity would not destroy itself. In that Pentecost moment, a small group of people overflowing with the Spirit spoke in every human language so that the one language we all share could be restored. The language of Tov, the language of original blessing, original goodness, original oneness. I've experienced this. I know you have too. Where, you know, you're in conversation with someone and suddenly they say something to you that goes straight down into the core of your being and you know that that is more than that person talking to you. Has that happened to you? Yeah. These are words on fire. These are words that one pastor once said. The words that go deep down beneath all our individual differences to the place inside where we all speak the same language because we all share the same source. Uh Uh-huh, God. This is the place where Ecclesiastes tells us God has set eternity in the human heart. 120 people who had been touched and filled to their deepest depths by the Spirit spoke out of those depths as they were given words, and over 3,000 people heard what they were saying in their own languages. We need to speak other languages, don't we? So that somehow the Spirit can do the connecting on the deepest level that we share as human beings. Over 3,000 listeners were touched to their deepest depths and on the spot... You know, no pamphlets, no four-part Jesus prayer. On the spot, they chose love. They chose new life. They chose Christ, and they were reunited with God and each other, and that 120 people who were speaking to them, they were listening and speaking simultaneously. It is glory, and we need that today. We need the Spirit to fall on us afresh like That miraculous gathering and going, speaking and listening, listen, it has continued in and through the Spirit for over 2,000 years now.
0: And is still going on. Yep. So what does this mean for us today on our own day of Pentecost? Can we hear the voice of the Spirit? Can we see the Spirit? Can we experience the fact that the Holy Spirit is with us here in this room, just like he was in that upper room? Yep. Let's pull this together by heeding the Spirit's invitations to us as well, lest we miss out on this gift that has been given us. Yep. We have several of them. that are all fairly short and simple. The first invitation is to recognize how the Spirit is active within you and through you. You. Singular this time. To quit telling yourself that old story that you're not good enough, or you're not something enough. And to finally see and recognize and claim that you are in Christ. That if you were in Christ, the Spirit has come to you already. Mm -hmm. And it's doing good stuff in you already. And if you can recognize it within yourself, maybe you and I get to notice it and call it out in each other. I had a chance to do that last weekend when I was away. I wasn't able to be with you. I was doing a wedding in another state for my nephew and... uh, ended up having a breakfast appointment with somebody else that just was feeling a little unsure at this point, a little broken, and they let honor and affirm the Spirit of God at work in that person. Wow, you're being wise. Wow, you're being courageous. That's the Spirit of God. We get to do that.
4: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay, second invitation. (laughs) I was listening to the story. Second invitation. Uh, to allow the spirit to blow as and where and however it wants to in your life. In all of its unpredictability, all of its power, sometimes all of its quietness. And here's the thing, to stop being afraid, to stop trying to control it. It's an invitation to simply let go, go with it, And enjoy it, like leaves on the wind being blown. It's got to be fun for those leaves to be blown around. Why do we have to be afraid? God's got us. Spirit's in us. Mm -hmm.
0: A third invitation is to trust that the Spirit's presence with you is secure and eternal. That verse was in the video with which we began this. Ephesians 1.13, yeah. you were sealed with the promise, Holy Spirit because you believed, you trusted in Christ. You were sealed. You don't have to sit around pulling leaves off of daisies wondering if he loves me or he loves me not. Yes. The Spirit is a seal, a promise, a secure relationship in which we live out of the fullness of the gift already given us.
4: Yes. And the fourth invitation is to share the miraculous communication of the Spirit. That's the one I'm feeling right now. Allow yourself to speak to others from the deepest part of you in words overflowing with the Spirit's life and love and truth. And those three things have to be all together, life and love and truth. You do not speak truth in anger or in hate or in a divisive way. That is not coming from the indwelling spirit. No, speak to others from the deepest part of you where you're one with the spirit, and he'll give you the words. And then, here's the part, listen. Be willing to listen as others do the same for you. See, if Christians cooperate with the spirit in bringing Pentecost communication and understanding today, Perhaps far more than 3,000 people might enter the kingdom of God's love this day Mm -hmm. and every day. May it happen right here with us. Yeah.
0: The final invitation that we would, or the Spirit would give through our words today is to live, to live in the wondrous mystery of the indwelling Spirit of God. As we're always saying, live like it's true. We've been talking for a while now. It's true. God lives in me, you, and us. It's unimaginable. Yeah. It's wonderful. It's mystery. It's good. At the core of our soul, we are in living union with the one God.
4: It's fun and fabulous.
0: <laughs> so. We've given you five invitations. If any one of them has resonated with you as we've gone through it, or perhaps the Spirit has given you another one, now's your time to respond.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: We're going to show you yet another video that is a response. It's a prayer to the Holy Spirit, and perhaps it will give words for you uh, as you're responding. And if it doesn't, trust the words that are within you or trust the response that is wordless. Respond to that Holy Spirit, what God would mm-hmm. have for you today.
4: Yeah. Amen. Let's do
3: it.
0: You know, Joanne, we haven't preached together for a few weeks. This has been fun and fabulous. (laughs) (laughs) We've got spirit. And we've
3: got
4: a fun and fabulous little gift for you as well as you leave. Um, It's a real small gift in honor of the indescribable gift of the spirit to us. This indescribably delicious chocolate, which shares its name with another image of the spirit, right, Dove? So, go take, taste that the Lord is indeed good, be filled with joy, unless you're allergic to chocolate. Sorry, Jeff. But Deb doesn't like it, so here's my philosophy. Good, more for me. Yeah. (laughs) Oh. Oh, I didn't notice you put the soap up there. Do you have the soap available? <laughs> so we're giving you the chocolate. I thought that
2: would be a offense.
4: <laughs> well, in any case, let's just celebrate. Not even chocolate can separate those who are one in Christ in the Spirit. Amen. Amen. And happy birthday, Donna. <laughs>